Hello, I'm Stephen Woodford. I'm Chief Executive Officer of the UK's Advertising Association. Now, throughout my career, I've had the chance to see the power our industry holds in driving positive social change. And it is this power that drove us at the Advertising Association, along with the IPA and ISBA, to launch in 2020 Ad Net Zero. It's an industry-wide initiative for advertising to reach net zero in the UK in advertising operations by the end of 2030. I'm delighted to be your host together with Seb Munden of this podcast series, where we'll be talking about the sustainability challenges and opportunities within the advertising industry's path to net zero. In these conversations with industry leaders, we'll discuss the five actions of the Ad Net Zero Action Plan, ranging from curbing emissions from production to using the advertising's power to support consumer behavior change and how businesses in our industry might achieve these. Now, the climate crisis is obviously a global problem and one that concerns us all and in which we all play a role in solving. We're very happy to welcome you into the AdNet Zero world and we hope that we can give you some ideas on how to join us on this journey and what your role is in it. Hello and welcome to the last episode of our podcast series, Today, I'm joined by Gemma Gould of IPG and Stefan Lurker from the WFA, the World Federation of Advertisers. Welcome to you both. Um, Gemma, maybe you'd start by just introducing yourself and telling everyone who you are and what you do. Sure. Thank you so much. So as uh, Seb mentioned, my name is Gemma Gould, and I have actually just received a new title at IPG, which is very exciting. So I am the chief sustainability officer for IPG. Um, that is a new role for our company. Um, and I'm excited about that applications. Um, and I have been with IPG for quite some time. Um, actually, I just read a press clip about myself that said it's almost 20 years, which <laughs> really sounds like a long time. And all in sustainability type roles or in other roles to start with? Started out doing uh, communications, which I still do, um, but I've always had an interest from many, many years ago, back uh, from the time I was in university in um, environmental, social, and governance issues. And so I've always worked on those um, a bit, uh, but now my focus is more on that on that piece. Great. Well, uh, Gemma, welcome. So, Stefan, um, uh, would you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, so my name is Stefan Lurke. I'm the uh, CEO of the World Federation of Advertisers, which is the uh, global organization bringing together brand owners. Uh, so we have in our membership 140 of the world's uh, top brand owners, and we have 60 national advertiser stations, the equivalent of ISBA in the UK and a in the US. So in the 60 largest ad market from Australia to China and Brazil to South Africa. And um, so we champion the advertiser, the brand owner agenda. And one of the big, big priorities, obviously, is sustainability and the climate agenda. And of course, you've, uh, in your illustrious career, worked in um, some of those big time companies as well. And we'll, uh, we'll probably ask you some questions about that coming up. So, so as I said, this is the last in our series. Um, we're going to be talking about Action 5 of the AdNet Zero Action Plan, harnessing advertising's power to support consumer behavior change. I've always felt this is in a way our, our kind of secret weapon. This is what our industry 
does best, which is change consumer behaviour. I think what's been happening over the last uh, couple of decades is more, more questions around what behaviours we're changing people to. Um, and uh, we're really thinking here about how we can use the power um, of our industry um, and our brands to produce work that connects millions of people uh, every single day with uh, maybe slightly better behaviours, more sustainable behaviours, behaviours in line uh, with zero carbon. Um, and really it's in our hands to increasingly make sure that um, the work we produce uh, can have a real positive impact on the climate. And I know that wherever I go and whenever we meet people in the industry, whether they're clients or in the agencies or in media or production, there's a huge groundswell of people who want to put the power of marketing and advertising uh, to make a genuine effort uh, behind achieving net zero. So um, that's really uh, what we're uh, considering. Um, we also saw uh, maybe during the pandemic in many countries, the power of advertising to really raise awareness and, and bring new behaviours in very short order um, and, uh, and change literally the behaviour of millions of people you know, within a few days. So we know it can be done. Um, so just thinking then, um, maybe uh, both of you, COP27 in Egypt next month, um, so why is COP interesting and important to people who work in, in advertising? Um, are you going to go? Uh, I was in Glasgow uh, last year, um, a, a short train ride for me. Um, but, uh, um, you know, what would you hope uh, would happen and uh, what would you hope to achieve? Maybe, um, uh, Gemma, starting with you. Sure. You know, I think, look, COP, COP, 27, um, all of the COP conferences are, are, I think, important, not just to folks who work in advertising or our business in general, but to everyone. Um, because I think there's a realization now more than ever, we, we all know this, um, we all know that climate change affects everyone, but I think there was a degree to which that, um, not everybody realized that for quite some time. Um, and I think um, when I was, thinking about the, the topic of this, you know, I think that's sort of the big opportunity here. And I think, so COP27 is gonna be a great opportunity to bring folks together um, who are working on these issues, um, people from our business, people from, from the business community in general, from the NGO community. Um, and I think we've got a special responsibility set there for many of the reasons you talked about um, because of what we do for a living. Um, we are able to reach huge audiences. I think it was uh, Gloria Steinem uh, at Cannes a, a number of years ago. She was a guest of ours at our women's breakfast. And she said, advertising is more powerful than the church. Um, it is one of the most powerful institutions because of the impact that we can have on cultural norms. And so I think if we think about that and really take that responsibility seriously, there's, there's a lot we can do. Yeah, and... Um... Uh, a lot uh, is expected of us, uh, I think, increasingly. Uh, Stefan, what about you? Yeah, so I, I was um, in Glasgow last year. It was my first ever climate summit. Uh, it was a um, transformative experience for me um, to be uh, mingling with very, very different stakeholders who are not part of my world. Uh, politicians, um, regulators, uh, climate activists, academic scientists, um, uh, startup entrepreneurs. With, uh, with one and the same 
theme in mind, which is how do we um, solve this climate crisis? Um, I came back um, relatively upbeat despite, despite the challenges because what I sensed is that there was a willingness to work together and I was almost surprised to see how, how advertising and brands were actually uh, uh, welcomed in terms, of, uh, in terms of the conversations. Um, I, um, I think it is, um, uh, I think it's an indispensable moment uh, when you think about all the stuff happening around us, you know, the pandemic, the economic crisis, the gas crisis, et cetera, et cetera, for the world to focus on, on the defining question of our age, which is, you no, know, are we going to be able to uh, to um, to make our planet um, uh, sustainable in a very short um, period of time. You now we have until uh, 2030 to half our CO2 emissions, and uh, until 2050 to be uh, net zero. Um, and that's a question that goes way beyond our our industry, but where our industry will have an important role to play. So I'm going I'm going to um, to uh, Sharm El Sheikh. You know that's going to be the COP27 location uh, in November in order to, um, first of all, understand whether we've made progress with respect to Glasgow. You remember that all the, all the commitments that were made, the public commitments, has, has, has there been follow through? You know, are we, are we you know, starting to deliver? Um, I'm going there also in order to um, meet people outside of the advertising industry bubble, because I know we will need those partnerships in order to, uh, to succeed. And then, and then closer to my, uh, to, no, to my agenda is I'm, I'm, I'm very, very keen to expand the number of signatories to our planned pledge um, um, commitment, but I'm sure we'll talk about this later on. But um, we, we, want, we want to uh, accelerate the scale of our initiative very fast and uh, COP27 should, should help us. And I, I was left uh, from Glasgow with the sense that whilst it's essential uh, that countries create uh, the pledges and then the legislative frameworks and enabling frameworks for those pledges to be delivered. I was left in no doubt that it's, it's broadly going to be industry that will deliver on those pledges um, and that uh, we haven't got a moment to lose. Uh, but the good thing is that private enterprise can largely get on with um, uh, finding advantage, competitive advantage and new customers in doing that. But um, uh, that is uh, very much a delivery conversation rather than a pledging conversation. Um, and I'm sure, uh, I think we all hope that there'll be a lot more uh, conversation about the um, actual delivery of uh, progress uh, and, and not just the pledging of um, people's aspirations. So um, Gemma, you, you, you led the adoption of the UN Sustainable Development Goal 6 at IPG as part of your commitment to common ground an initiative that was created to bring together the world's largest advertising and marketing holding companies in support of the UN um, uh, Sustainable Development Goal. Can you tell me about um, your journey there and the challenges and the successes and how that kind of inspires you in your new role? Sure, thank you. Yeah, um, so... I think the best part about Common Ground was the fact that um, the, the whole concept of it was to, for the big holding companies in our business to get together and put competition aside so that we could um, 
work with one another around the SDGs, which as we know, um, are 17 goals that were set by the UN um, that really encompass um, all of the major issues facing our world today. So um, I think to a certain extent, it did achieve that. Um, you know, each of us was assigned a goal um, and IPG worked on goal number six, which is access to water and sanitation, excuse me, we're still working on it, um, which is exciting. We work on a number of the SDGs, but um, we do tend to focus on that one. Um, a number of our clients work in that space as well because of um, their business, what their businesses are. Um, we've partnered with an NGO here, uh, based here in the United States called Charity Water, um, that works with individuals and communities around the world who don't have access to clean water. Um, it was an issue that I admittedly did not know a lot about when, when we got involved. Um, the water piece is fairly easy to understand, and I, but I think what's sort of interesting and devastating is that, um, you know, we sort of think about water and we think it, this is only an issue in developing countries, but we've seen right here um, in the United States um, a number of years ago with Flint, Michigan, um, having a, a water crisis of their own that was, um, I would argue, tied to environmental justice issues. Um, and we're seeing it again um, in Jackson, Mississippi. So um, these issues are here to stay. The sanitation piece of it is equally as devastating. Um, and there are many great organizations working on both. Um, so we continue our work there. And I think it, it's just a great example of industry partnership. And, can, and you've seen um, kind of outcomes improve and change due, due, to, uh, due to the efforts that have been made and we do, um, but we do see that absolutely, you know, through our donations, through our work um, in raising awareness. Um, but, you know, there's still so much work to be done. Um, and I think what's interesting with water is that what we learned very quickly is that when a community gains access to clean water, it really impacts so many parts of a community's um, of the community and the lives of the people in it. So often it's largely women, women and girls who spend their time, you know, I think we've all seen the photographs at this point of carrying these giant um, jerry cans um, on their heads um, or above their heads. Um, and they spend a large portion of their day um, getting the water. So when a community ga gains access to a well, um, they are the women and the girls in the community are able to do other things like work um, and you know make money that contributes to their family and the girls are able to go to school the same thing happens with proper toileting um, for for girls which you know again it's sort of just unthinkable that there are parts of the world where that is not a given um, but it has a huge huge impact on people's lives so a really important issue that we're still working on yeah Thank you. Stefan, the WFA has been uh, leading the way with the Planet Pledge. Can you share the latest with us? Um, how brands are responding to the global challenge of climate change? Look, um, when, when you, when you, when you um, uh, explore the question of marketers and sustainability in climate change, you realize that the vast majority of marketers agree that they have a role to play 
in addressing climate change. Now, according to our survey, 92% agree, okay? And you ask the same question to consumers and almost the equivalent percentage will say, yes, brands have a role to play. The reality, however, today is that we're nowhere near where we need to be as marketers. And so we've tried to understand what holds back marketers in terms of embracing that challenge, okay? And we, we've identified um, three, three obstacles, yeah. One is a, um, is a question of um, uh, upskilling, okay, of, of knowledge. No? There's still a huge amount uh, of education to be done for marketers to fully understand what's expected from them. No? Two is uh, the marketing organization um, and more broadly, the company's organizations. Marketing um, is not um, directly connected to the sustainability role in many companies. So the chief sustainability officer often reports directly to the CEO. And, uh, and marketers are sitting somewhere in between and not fully understanding what their role is in, um, in, in driving that, um, uh, that um, agenda. And, and the third um, um, obstacle is, is KPIs. How do you measure progress um, on, on that agenda. You know that marketers um, need, 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 to, need to be measured against their objectives and many companies are still struggling with those. And so the, um, um, the, the vision of WFA is to be an accelerator for change among marketers, among brand marketers, to be, to be making the CMO the champion of the climate agenda in the company. And that's why we've launched the Planet Pledge, which is basically a, a commitment that CMOs take that is built on, on four different strands. Yeah. One is the company signs up to race to zero. So the company signs up to a commitment, a verifiable commitment to be um, net zero by 2050. And the company encourages its agency partners as well as marketing supply chain partners to be um, emulating it, to be equally signing up to race to zero. That's the first commitment. The second one is a commitment to training and upskilling. And so we've, we've produced materials, online uh, training materials for marketers to, uh, to, to get trained on, um, um, on this subject. The third one, and that's really the core of, of, of where marketing can be an accelerator, is to be using creativity, innovation, and communication as an accelerator for consumer behavior change. Yeah, It's basically to be using our super um, uh, power of creativity in order to get consumers to change their behaviors. And finally, to be doing that in a manner that is trustworthy. So not fall into the trap of greenwashing, which is absolutely essential if we want to be uh, credible partners in this. That uh, Plan the Pledge was launched now a year and a half ago, and we have um, by now 28 of the top 50 brand marketers that have signed up to it. So we have companies such as Unilever, Mastercard, PepsiCo, IKEA, L'Oreal, Mars, et cetera, who signed up to it. And what makes me, and we'll, we're going to be announcing a number of others in the run-up to COP27. What makes me um, um, uh, confident is these companies usually give you a sense of where marketers, the marketer community will be heading. They are often seem to be uh, among the most influential. But what, uh, what puts pressure on me is we need to be moving fast, much faster. Yeah? So it's a good start. We have the right supporters, but we need to be scaling. And that's going to be our priority now um, uh, in the months to come and ahead of COP27. Well, that sounds great. And I, I couldn't agree more that in the end, you know, the, um, the consumer businesses or consumer-facing, uh, household-facing businesses um, have a rich history of uh, changing behavior. But now, in a way, for the first time, 
we need to make sure that those uh, skills are put towards behavior change uh, for everybody's good, as well as the um, uh, benefit of the company, the brands and the shareholders. And um, I'm actually quite optimistic because we know how at its best, the marketing and advertising um, uh, industries coming together can create extraordinary change and fast. Um, so that does sound uh, extremely good. And also uh, for companies signing up for Planet Pledge, um, the ad net zero goals uh, and the action plan is a very simple way for agency partners of Planet Pledge companies to start to do their bit. Uh, really, I always think it's extremely important, even though for most companies, their marketing carbon footprint is probably not their biggest by any means. In fact, it's probably their smallest. It's, it's also the most embarrassing to get wrong. Uh, and therefore, all uh, companies signing to Planet Pledge should be really clear that um, their marketing from end to end needs to be uh, zero carbon as quickly as possible. Uh, and I think that's what AdNet Zero really offers uh, Planet Pledge um, companies and their partners. So just thinking, um, Gemma, you know, you're, you're based in the US. What do you see as the biggest opportunity for advertisers in the US? And, and maybe also what's the biggest challenge? Yeah, so I think in terms of opportunity, it's something um, actually I mentioned earlier, which is that I think there is an awareness now and a focus on climate change. Um, I think it's global. Um, that we, we haven't seen before. So I think there's an understanding, not just of what climate change is, what it can mean for everyone, but there is a sense of urgency around it that there might not have been before, a sense of immediacy. And so I think that's the opportunity, right? So people are engaged in this. Um, I read somewhere today and it bugged me a little bit. Someone said that it's now cool to talk about climate change, which I'm not sure I, I, I I don't know if I agree with it, and it's a, it's a little silly. However, um, I do think the sentiment is right, which is that everyone's talking about it now. Um, so we need to seize that opportunity and really try to make a difference. I think the other opportunity is that folks are understanding that climate change and most of the issues that are frankly um, pointed out or, or focused on with the SDGs they don't exist as separate issues. So it's not like, oh, you have climate change and oh, you have sustainability, right. But then you, you have you know, diversity um, and racism. No, they are all tied together. And you know, we see it again, we see it in communities around the world. We see it here in the US in communities like Flint, our own agency Golan just came out with an interesting study about environmental justice. And, and I think there's a real awareness that Many of these issues are kind of intersectional. They are woven together, and um, we need to we need to think about them holistically and, and um, really do our part to to make a change. And for client companies, there's good business to be done in innovating and solving those those needs. Uh, Without a doubt. And so uh, you know, this is um, not supposed to be a kind of uh, extra to the day job. It, it kind of, it, it molds uh, together with the day job. Yeah, I think um, that's exactly, exactly right. And you asked about challenge too, Seb. And I think, you know, the challenge can be is, 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 is just that it, it all seems so big um, and these problems can seem like 
you can't solve them, right? Like they're intractable. But I think that what we've seen is that each of us, you know, all of these companies and organizations that are making commitments, we are we are making a change. Um, it may not be happening as fast um, as some of our stakeholders would like, um, and it may be happening too quickly for other people. But we are we are making a difference. You know, we are at a company like IPG, you know, we are looking at um, how we behave and how we can do better, you know, how can we travel uh, smarter and lighter? How can we, the, you know, it's exactly the purpose of Ad Net Zero. How can we, yes, we still need to create campaigns for our clients, but how can we do that in a way that is respectful of the environment? And by the way, also inclusive as well, both in terms of who, who's creating those campaigns who's featured in those campaigns um, and um, how it's put into the marketplace. So um, I, lots of, you know, there's, I think there's a ton of exciting work to do. I think every, every client who's creating a pledge or thinking about creating a pledge creates um, a, an impulse in their marketing department. And surely that shortly becomes a, an impulse um, in the agency world. And so, um, you know that's going to generate um, uh, kind of new briefs and 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 new challenges to solve, um, and and in the biggest consumer market in the world, um, you know that's we're right in it now, um, and uh, that must be an exciting time to be in in our industry as real innovation that can do well and do good uh, can 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 come in. I mean, Stefan, you've worked, you know, in some uh, fabulous uh, brands, um, you know, think about um, some of your experiences around how advertising can positively impact consumer choices. Yeah, so um, I, I think I think it's 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 worth insisting on the on this point. Brands embracing climate change. It's not it's not a charitable de decision. No, it's, it's actually a, a business driven decision. That is that is that is that is led by opportunities, and that is what makes this transformational. Now, if it was only a charitable decision, now at the next downturn, it would be put into question. Here, you here you're talking about companies that will try and outcompete their competitors in order to better serve and meet expectations of of consumers, and that is what that's how you move mountains. That's that's where advertising has such an important role to play. Now, to your question, uh, Sebastian, I mean, I've I've seen. Um, I've seen marketing be a, a transformative force in in in, in many different uh, instances. You know, I mean, most recently, uh, uh, really fascinated about I the IKEA way of looking at the circular economy and the future of of uh, of their business. You no, know? with you no. Know, suddenly creating what they call circular hubs in each of their stores and even launching fully fledged second-hand furniture stores in Sweden. So, and suddenly second-hand furniture becomes actually um, a, a, a new business for, for IKEA. No, so think about the impact that has longer term on, um, on, on, on the resource that are being, that I've used in order to be producing furniture. Also in terms of the consumer benefit in it, you no, know, suddenly actually an, an IKEA wardrobe after five years still has actually value. And think also about the pressure it puts on competitors in the furniture market to actually um, 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 uh, step up and, um, and, 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 and compete in, in, in that area. Or you know, think about um, how Dove has, has been able to, 
to raise actually awareness across society around around uh, body image, you know, of adolescents. No, that that's really a societal um, uh, awareness that is being created by by a brand that has that has um, um, embraced embraced that question. Or think about uh, body shops' uh, role in um, in raising awareness around animal testing. You no, know? um, um, you know, over 10, 15 years, twenty years. So there, there are plenty of examples where, where actually brands have truly transformed the way society looks at issues, and they've helped actually consumers um, 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 make consumer choices that reflect their values. You no, know? and that I think that's exactly where where brands can play when it comes to embracing uh, the climate change challenge. Yeah, so you're making the point is about is about behavior change um, uh, at a kind of product to service level, but it's also an awareness change, a societal attitudinal change that brands can uh, create over time. Uh, yeah, I think. And- it, sorry, Sebastian. I think it goes hand in hand with the fact that consumer change uh, uh, choices are being driven by values, by consumer values, and brands can play a very important role in consumers understanding what's at stake when they make their choices. Yeah, that's very, very powerful. And so looking ahead then, um, Gemma, what gives you hope and positivity that advertising will help tackle the climate change? I think, you know, I think when I think about that question, uh, what I think about are all the successes that we've had as an industry in the past, right? So going back as far as you know, Smokey the Bear and Forest Fires, right? Um, which our agency FCB has been doing. I, I believe they invented the character. <laughs> I think they celebrated, I, I don't quote me, but I think they celebrated 75 years um, of Smokey the Bear a couple of years ago. I think about, you know, the impact we've had there. You Somebody mentioned earlier the impact we had in terms of COVID, um, both with awareness about how behavior change um in terms of uh, initially social distancing and mask wearing, although I know not everyone is is behind that, but how how behavior change could impact and save lives and later on around the vaccines. Um, you know, I think about that. I think about other other work that we've done over the years, you know, related to our SDG number six, where we've worked with Unilever brands to encourage hand washing. Um, and been able to actually affect um, infant mortality rates in certain countries where um, where hand washing had not been something that that people were educated about. So we have had so much success, and I think that's what gives me hope. So I know that we can and are doing the same around climate and related issues, and I know that we're going to continue to to keep doing that. And what's interesting is there are so many different parts of clients out there these days, governments. NGOs and people selling products and services, and and all of these clients are in their sphere um, going to have to address uh, climate change. So um, it, it really is across the board of client companies providing agencies with opportunities to quite literally change the world. Uh, Stefan, um, what what do you think? Are you, what what gives you hope and positivity that the advertising industry will uh, help tackle climate change? Yeah, so so I will be careful in the words I'm using. So it gives me hope and positivity. It doesn't necessarily yet give me confidence, but it certainly gives me hope and positivity. Three things. One is I think consumers, and when I say consumers, I also mean citizens because we're not consumers. <laughs> we're consumers, citizens, we're many things. Um, um, 
are, are starting to prioritize climate change all around the world. It's not only a sort of rich world um, um, type issue, it impacts uh, countries all around the world, including less developed countries, and it becomes a key concern for people as they make choices. The second thing which makes me um, more positive is I think there's a realization among marketers that marketing needs to change. And I'll just give you one anecdote. We, we had our annual conference in Athens in April. We ran an Oxford style debate, okay? So, and, and, and the thesis was marketing as we know it today is not compatible with a sustainable future. So pretty, pretty provocative, yeah? And we had people vote before and after the debate. Before, 48% agreed, okay? Less than half. After the debate, 75% agreed. So imagine in an annual global marketer conference, 75% of marketers saying, we agree that marketing in today's form is actually not, not sustainable. I think is, is a sign that there's a realization and, there's, and, and marketers are prepared to, uh, to change. I think that's very, very important. And the third thing which makes me positive is I think there are some very powerful brand cases of brands that are bold and that are embracing it and that win in the marketplace. Okay, so they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't announce it and 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 try and get PR out of that. They actually innovate and they win in the marketplace. And that is going to be creating um, emulation in the marketplace, which is exactly where marketers can can bring their creativity um, uh, to bear. And that that is, I think, uh, it has the potential to transform um, um, the the issue um, from from our perspective. I think what this conversation uh, reinforces for me is that whilst the different stakeholders may be going at different speeds, sometimes um, regulators are ahead, often citizens are ahead, also employees are ahead. Um, it doesn't really matter what the kind of relative speed is. It seems to me that there's increasing pressure and desire from all stakeholders uh, of client companies and of um, industry um, uh, companies too, that we, um, that we, we you know, we, there is a, a huge desire to do that. Um, and as you say, Stefan, whether it's a commercial opportunity uh, to get ahead and, and really serve the need of, of customers and households um, combined with a sense of, of what's right, it doesn't really matter if all of this comes together and accelerates the power of the advertising industry to drive more consume, more sustainable consumer behavior and behaviors which are more um, in tune with a, a net zero world. So uh, thank you both for sharing uh, your points of view and your experience with us. Uh, we've um, uh, really benefited from exploring that and hopefully everyone listening also will feel uh, that positivity that now is the moment uh, where all the forces are coming together and advertising can not only change the way we work, but change the work we make. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of AdNet Zero, making every ad a green ad. We hope you found today's session inspiring and helpful. If you want to join us on our path to Net Zero, make sure to check out adnetzero.com, a website giving you further resources and training as well as information on how to become a supporter.